0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hey gang, want to win tickets to one of the big games in London this autumn? Well, your wish is our command. We have teamed up with DraftKings and set up a brand new Nakum Show Listener League where you can go head to head every week with all your faves from the show and plenty of your fellow show listeners. Lots of prizes on offer throughout the season, including the chance to win tickets to Broncos, Jags later on this year. You've got to be in it to win it. So head on over to dkng.co forward slash Nat Show, dkng.co forward slash Nat Show, or Hit the link in the show bio, the show episode notes, or head on over to Twitter at the NC show, check the pinned tweet, click the link there and it'll take you to the Nat Coombs Show Listener League. Get involved. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. 18 plus. Only be gamble aware.org. Welcome to the Nat Coombe Show. We are almost there, gang. And it is our first, I'm loving saying this, our first preview show of the season. And who else but the all-pro Ben Isaacs in the house. Benny's going to look. 49ers, Bears. We're going to look at Pats, Dolphins, Bengals, Steelers, Packers, Vikings, Chargers, Raiders, Bucks, Cowboys, Look at our sleeper picks, dark horse picks, our Super Bowl picks, you name it. We are going to rattle through the next 60 minutes and help get you up to speed at the start of the 2022 NFL season in week one. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Bad Isaacs, here we go. We are, what, less than, well, just slightly over 24 hours and change uh, away from the start of the 2022 season. And it always makes me think at this stage of proceedings. I love, first, two things. I love the fact that there is editorial the world over basically plowing the same line of, at this stage of the season, everybody has hope. <laughs> okay. The, brown, the Browns don't have hope. Your Bears do not have hope. <laughs> the Texans don't have hope. Whichever way you got it, they don't have hope. We'll talk about those because we're going to preview some of the key matchups going into week one in a bit. So we always say that well, everyone has hope at this stage of the season. So that's that's just nonsense. Second thing as well is we talk a lot, our generation, about how fast life is going. Right? It, it, I don't know if it is the a mistake of every generation to think that life is speeding up for them and then the next generation thinks the same thing, but I definitely, definitely feel that when I started out in this business, fifteen odd years ago, covering the game, that period between the Super Bowl and that Monday morning after, or we'll probably the Wednesday after, right when all the press conferences have been yeah, done and yeah. you watch the game again, and then the start of the season was oh, just painfully long. Now, a blink and we were. We were celebrating Stafford and the Rams. Ollie was crying in his beer because the Bengals couldn't get it done. And that was yesterday, right? What the hell's going on? Ollie, yeah, is I, life getting faster?
0: I think it is. I think because of our because of our age, and you say our generation, obviously, we're both Generation X, the greatest generation officially. Yeah. But as we get older, time makes- does seem to does seem to pass faster. But I think the I think the thing is is that Nowadays, you know, I always say there is no offseason. There used to be a proper offseason and there mm. used to be a real lull when it came to the news that you could access. But now it feels like in the, in the same way that people say that the campaign for a presidential election starts the day after mm. the presidential election, the, the draft buildup starts the morning after the Super Bowl. And then we have months and months of draft coverage, which we didn't used to have the access to all that draft information. We couldn't just go onto YouTube and find absolutely everything. We didn't have all this analysis at our fingertips. We didn't have NFL network, press of a button away and just lounge on our sofas and watch this. So it just does seem to stretch, but this is, this is a special part of the season. You're right. Not every team has got hope for this coming season, but, They've got hope that something can happen in the future, that they're getting towards nah, something.
1: Spoken like a true Bears fan. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. Right. Bears 9 is, is one of the key games we're going to talk about. That game, incidentally, live on TalkSport 2. Big announcement. I dropped this on social channels end of last week. Uh, NFL's back on TalkSport. I'm in the thick of it. Benny, you're going to be involved. Proper, of course, the brains of the operation producing it. Shout out to Will Gavin. Uh, front and center in the coverage. Ollie Wilson as well. The great Phoebe Schechter. What a lineup that is for starters. All pros. All, all pros there. All pro lineup. Uh, all through the season. We're on air from five o'clock Sunday. 49 is bear. So we're going to mix it up. We'll be doing live games. We'll be doing the Red Zone show quite a lot as well. We just bounce around a lot of the games. Even when we're doing live games, we'll of course be updating regularly on everything that's going on around the league. So it's fast paced. It is my favorite sporting cliche, high octane. <laughs> it's up there with the business end of the season. High octane. It is though, fast paced, lot of fun. Join us, talk sport, 2 Sundays. So we're going to get to that game. We're going to talk Pats, Dolphins, Bengals, Steelers, Packs, Vikings, Chargers, Raiders, Bucks, Cowboys. I mean, frankly, which games aren't we? Well, let me tell you the ones we're not covering here. Propo and I might, might just be casting our eyes over on Edge Rush, which we're dropping later on in the week shout out as well to james sandrini the guru the fantasy guru and our our new ish fantasy show we can't call it brand new now because we've had two or three episodes Uh, in association with DraftKings. ffs our fantasy show that's dropping as well so we'll be looking uh, at some of your key pickups for your first week of fantasy demystifying daily fantasy as well because our listener league so many of you have signed up to already and wisely so, because we're giving away all kinds of terrific prizes in that league, including tickets to Broncos, Jags. You can win if you head on over to the link in the show notes or on. We've got it as a pin tweet on Twitter. Uh, it's, uh, we're pushing it out as well. Video link there. Still no TikTok, of course. Then you can win prizes every week, including those tickets. FFS, Edge Rush coming. Uh, But this is all about previewing week one with you, Ben Isaacs. And all of those key games uh, that I've outlined, we're going to drill down just a little bit and get you set get you up to speed before we get into Niners bears. Give me your dark horse tip for the season straight off the bat, because all of these cliches of everyone's got hope. There is also, we know which team's going to, who didn't make the playoffs last year, or we don't expect to make the playoffs is going to break through. There's always that narrative as well, which is, which is more credible, which is genuine. There is always a team. or usually a team that, comes up on the blind side rails. So you can choose a team like that if you want. Like I think this might surprise you. I think a team that would fit. Well, there are two actually. We're going to talk Steelers in a minute. I think the Steelers could be that team that no one's really take, taking seriously and I feel could could be a playoffs team at the, at the very least. I also think Washington are a team that everybody is just horrendously down on, writing off as a 6-7 win team. I think might surprise... A few people. So straight off the bat, those are my two. I wouldn't say they're dark horse championship contenders, but teams that I think could be that turnaround, no frills, no hype that make it to the postseason. What about you? Where are your, where's your head at at this early stage? Um, I think the Bills could be good. No, um, <laughs> as a as a as a dark horse,
0: I'm really really intrigued by the Vikings because mm-hmm. I felt they were they were so close to being able to do really excellent things last season and just ended up being like annoyingly average if you're if you're a vikings fan and I think kevin O'Connell the new head coach i think the sort of ideas that he can bring to that offense can turn Kirk cousins into a much better quarterback than he has been i think he is a five hundred quarterback. he's had a long career and he's five hundred i think i think he can He's never going to be one of those top, top quarterbacks. I think that was the plan when they got him and they spent a lot of money on him. But I think that he can have some seasons under Kevin O'Connell that will make us that will make us reassess how Mm
1: -hmm. we've looked at Kirk Cousins. Can can he win a Super Bowl? But this is something that I've written about for The Times this week. So by the time you're listening to this, that's probably dropped on on The Times website. Shout out (laughs) to myself plug in early doors, but that is what i've written about quarterbacks this at uh, this stage of the season if you look back at the last 30 years and it is fascinating to look at the all the quarterbacks who won super bowls of course a number that have won multiple um and the breakdown with a couple of exceptions so trent Dilfer's is typically the one that people wheel out for the 2000 ravens you could look at Foles, who had that kind of starry run eli was a uh, jobbing kind of middle of the pack pro, but then had those sensational turns. Brad Johnson with the Bucks. So other than that, uh, and I, I, as you know, I think Eli's a Hall of Famer anyway. Other than that, it is Brady, Rogers, Favre, Young. <laughs> <laughs> man, yeah, it's exactly. man. I mean, it just, it exactly. tells you that most of the time, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you need a top, top, top two quarterback. So Cousins isn't that, as you said, but is he good enough to be that? Uh, and are the Vikings collectively good enough to be that type of team where he can, he's just above the water margin?
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think he can be providing all the pieces around him can work out. I mean, Justin Jefferson, we're all in love with Justin Jefferson. Um, it's interesting you say about Eli Manning as a, as a Hall of Famer. Lock, he's a Hall of Fame lock in my head. So and I, I don't necessarily disagree, but his record, 117 wins. 117 losses. Mm. Kirk Cousins, Cousins 59 59 wins, 59 losses, two ties. Mm. So they're both, they're both exactly at 500. Eli was obviously a big game player and Kirk Cousins isn't necessarily that big game player. And he hasn't played on as big a stage as Eli Manning. Right. Maybe, maybe he would just really,
1: over, overachieve in those situations I don't know I want to like- know the Kirk Cousins at Super Bowl MVP odds I'm going to ask Propo to look into that because oh Propo word. still isn't pulling his weight and we're as we said so close to the start of the season and I'm really concerned about this so I'm going to ask Propo to look to look at bet oh. sports sportsbook is having Cousins a Super Bowl MVP Yikes Okay, I'd See, be like interested the, to you, hear the like, thoughts. Like the Vikings, incidentally, every time you mention Kirk Cousins on the show, always shite, uh, shout out, <laughs> Brody and Slip. shout out Mike McCartney, <laughs> the greatest agent in the business, the amount of money he has secured for Kirk Cousins. Every uh, time Kirk Cousins gets name-checked, Mike McCartney needs to be name-checked as well because he is a heavyweight. The So the Vikings are your dark horseback. Any other teams that you think, eh, no one's talking about them as a playoff team, everyone's writing them off, but I think they might surprise people. Well... <laughs> I feel like I feel like the Cardinals are
0: being almost completely ignored, Mm. Um, which I think which I think is harsh because the NFC, it only takes a few things to go a little bit weird in the NFC and it could be absolute chaos because it (laughs) it is it is quite it is quite top heavy. Yeah, Um, you know. There's been so much said about Kyler Murray and all the kind of film study stuff and the stuff in his contract. But we know that he can win games. We know he can he can improvise in the in the way that you need NFL quarterbacks to be able to improvise. That division is that division is really interesting now that Russell Wilson has, has left. I think I think there is a place at the playoff table for the Arizona Cardinals. And when it comes to the NFC playoffs, I think anything can happen once it gets started because I think it will be I think the I think the NFC playoffs are going to be absolute Bedlam. We know that the AFC is going to be a bloodbath because there are so many good teams. But if one team in the NFC gets hot, then that might be what it takes to get you through the postseason mm-hmm. or kind of deep through the postseason.
1: Yeah. If you're in the NFC, wide open, I think is the technical term. Incidentally, mm-hmm. uh, Propo on point, I've got to say. He's already found out Kirk Cousins just 40 to one to win Wait, the Super, Super, Bowl Bowl MVP. MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Oh. Well, that validates, I guess, there's a bit of bit of buzz about the Vikes because to join those two points together, the NFC is wide open. There are concerns about the Bucs. I still think the Bucs are going to be fine. I think it's all narrative of Brady taking time off. Oh, it's Oz and something's not right about them. They'll be fine. They'll be deep, deep dives into the playoffs. I, You know, I'm much like the Saints and they're, they're my, I guess, as all Ol- said, they're the equivalent of the and my Patriots picked last season as a team that I think will make the playoffs when a lot of people don't think they will. Although I'm a little bit worried about some of the recent <laughs> moves that they've made defensively. I think that's a massive blow for them and a big pickup for the Eagles. Um, so I think they're in the mix. But t- the point being that the Rams, of course, will be contenders, but it's so hard to repeat. The last team that did that was, was the Patriots 20 years ago. So yeah, the Vikings, Any anyone that is in that playoff mix in the NFC is at the final table of the World Series of Poker with a decent stack of chips. And they're like, all right, game on. I've got a decent crack at this. So 40 to one. Propo, we're going to raid the NC Show bank account. And uh, we're going to maybe put a little a little flutter on that. We're gonna, it might do some. We're doing uh, on FFS. We're uh, playing some DraftKings leagues. Obviously, logically, James Sandrini, the guru, is picking our show team. Um, but we're going to battle against Draft King as all around uh, all around the globe, and anything we win there, we're going to be giving to charity. So that's something we're doing with our FFS show. I think we should probably do the same thing. Oh, on, on Edge Rush, um, we can, uh, I'm laughing because he's just messaged me saying Drew Locke is 200 to want to win the Super Bowl MVP. Come on, oh, I don't, I don't like those odds either. I mean, wow, no, Said so Carson's 42. Anyway, we can't, we'll talk about this on Edge Rush, but yeah, I think we're gonna, we're gonna chuck some, uh, some. Wages and, and try and make some make some money for charity. Um, Drew Lock at 20 to one is, is sadly not one we're gonna we're gonna be backing. <laughs> all right, let's get down to business. Let's start Bears 49ers. As I say, our live game on Talksport 2 this weekend. The build-up starts from five o'clock. a kickoff, of course, just after six. So that is gonna be fantastic. That moment when you're on red zone for the first time uh, of this season. Scott Hansen has all the boxes rock up and Kickoffs all around America. So we're going to be across all of those, but Bears 49ers is our is our live commentary game. We've already established, Ben, that the Bears are barring an absolute miracle, not going to be playoff contenders, realistically. So what is their ceiling this season? What would make you and Bears Nation feel satisfied sitting in second week of January and the, the regular season's done with the work that you've just seen? Is it well, uh, kind of eight and nine type of season and fields progressing. What do you think? I think the record will be irrelevant mm-hmm. in terms of kind of how
0: fans will feel. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be obviously a losing record. If they get to eight or nine wins, mm. that would be that would be incredible with the level of talent on the roster. So okay, let me let me set up the Bears season by talking about a story from my past. Oh, interesting. I'm gonna get slightly self indulgent. But you'll see my point. Well, hey, look, like we all do on this show, so you go for it. <laughs> so, um, not long after I got married, um, my wife and I, we wanted to be able to buy a house, want to be able to have a garden, and you know, try for a child, and we, bowling alley indoors. I mean, that's always the dream. Yeah. So we just like just like Nixon. So we <laughs> we were trying to figure out. Okay, like what what can we What can we afford? And we realized we could afford basically nothing. And luckily for us, um, my wife's sister um, said, okay, come and move in with us for a year, save money, and get a house deposit together. So we did this and we were living in Surrey. We had to commute into central London. It was, it was, Difficult. It would take so long. The trains would be unreliable. Just getting to the nearest station. At one point, there was a lot of snow. We had to walk to the nearest station. It would take an hour to walk there and then an hour to get into central London on the train. There was a lot that was absolutely... Miserable. There were a lot of nights where it's just beans on toast. Although Ollie and I talk about beans on toast in Ireland and it is an underrated dinner. Oh, big time. But
1: chuck, when... a bit, chuck a bit of cheese on that toast.
0: I'm a happy man. Exactly. It's just that if, if it's like it's every night, then obviously you get sick of it and the thing that obviously well, kept <laughs> well yeah, maybe <laughs> the thing that kept us going was knowing that there was there was a there was a goal in sight and we were privileged in that we had family who were able to financially support us in that way so that although that year was difficult and I was miserable for a lot of it i knew there was light at the end of the tunnel and we had the peace in place we had that deposit now the bears have got that deposit. It's going to be a really miserable year. It's going to be beans on toast every night. It's going to be really bad commute. It's going to be unable to go out after work while you're seeing all these other people having fun and you're trudging back in the snow, wet and cold. But next year, it's going to be different because you've got that key piece you've got a quarterback. You've got the person who you want to build it all around. That's your house deposit. Now, maybe it won't end (laughs) up being, maybe it won't end up being your dream home. Maybe you won't have your bowling alley. Maybe you won't get what you want. But the first thing you're going to need in that is your house deposit. Otherwise, you can't even make that step. You can't make the step to be a legitimate long-term playoff contender, which is what everyone wants. Not just the, I want to win a Super Bowl and then have two win seasons for a decade. Everyone wants to be a contender for the long term and you have to do that by building around a young quarterback which is what the bears want to do they're going to suck this season and it's kind of deliberate because they are trying to save as much money as possible so they can go big on free agency and draft picks in a year's time and really start building the bad news for bears fans is that this should have been the, this should have been the situation last year but Nagy wanted to do it a different way it all went poorly and now they have to start at year zero again, which means they kind of lose one year of that rookie contract of mm. Justin Fields where it would be cheaper to build around. Mm. So that's that's the downside there. But at least they are building around a house deposit, if you see uh, what I mean.
1: I love it. I definitely see what you mean. Uh, incredible Ben Isaacs analogy to kick off the season. Uh, long-time listeners and listeners to our Live Talk sports show as well will know that Ben loves a uh, quarterback food analogy, biscuits particularly. So the idea, I thought you were going to go... There, that Donnell Mooney was the beans on toast. Uh, I thought maybe you were gonna go there, but actually I, I'm with you every step of the way, and I love the analogy. So brilliant stuff. And let's let's just drill down a little bit more in a bit more detail. So the Bears have a new, whole new setup coaching wise, right? Yes. So eberfuss coming in, a defensive mind. They've got getsy coming in an offensive mind to, to run that offense, the latter from uh the Packers, of course. You've got um very little going on offensively outside of fields and Mooney Cole, Komet, I guess is in the mix and so-so ground game the offensive line is is going to be a, a problem so let's let's start with fields and the kind of offense you expect to see from getsy and the kind of protection he is likely to get uh, and therefore what you think is realistic in terms of his progression this season
0: i'm i'm expecting him to have to run a lot this season I think there's going to be a lot of planned runs and I think there's going to be a lot of improvisation when the protection breaks down the offensive line is average at best they did use draft picks on that offensive line over the last couple of years and it's not really worked out I don't on certain areas of the roster it's been deliberate neglect on the offensive line it hasn't Mm. because you want to stop your quarterback from getting kind of crushed into a thin paste
1: Bengals (laughs) which shout out to Bengals yeah yeah
0: (laughs) exactly so the offensive line is not good they are going to have to use a lot of a lot of play action to keep um defenses on their toes Mm. Justin Fields will be good at that the problem will be and I to be honest you say so-so run game I really like David Montgomery I think the the, any problems in the run game are purely up front the line okay rather rather than with Montgomery yeah um the the thing is with with Justin Fields, obviously is that he doesn't have many weapons to throw to Darnell Mooney, I think is a, is a potential number one wide receiver, but we are yet to see that because he always had Alan Robinson mm. in the team. I don't, I'm, I'm actually quite glad Alan Robinson's gone because he, he checked out a long, long, long time ago and was just kind of picking up that check, which is not really the Alan Robinson way, mm. which just shows how annoyed he was with team management. Mm. He's not done that anywhere else. Um, but he was—he was a letdown in the locker room. He—he he should have been that—that that kind of mentor for Justin Fields to be like, "I'm your—I'm your safety blanket." And he's never had that. Cole Komet, The hope is—is is that he can be this really reliable kind of short yardage receiver. It's like, right, look, it's third and five. I—I I can get you that. I can—I can quickly get open
1: and keep hold of the ball. But Defensively, they're—they're they're flipping as well, aren't they? From a three-four to a four-three.
0: Yeah, and it's. They they don't fully have the personnel to do it right now. There's been issues with Roquan Smith, who had kind of demanded a trade and then didn't demand a trade, but clearly isn't very happy. I think he was kind of playing chicken mm. with team management and ended up blinking first. So if the if the Bears are to do anything, Roquan Smith is going to have to have an absolute absolute monster season. Mm-hmm. But there's not there's not a lot around him. Because of that, I mean, there wouldn't have been that much around. I mean, if it was staying with a three-four, but going to the four-three and needing that new personnel to gel, I think it's going to be difficult. So, it's there were going to be a lot of defeats, but there's going to be a lot of exciting plays from Justin Fields. There's a it's a young roster mm. that they are that they are building. I think they're doing it in the right way. It may never it may never amount to anything but we're going to see from Justin Fields, he's going to have a test every single week Mm. and we will really
1: see what he's made of because he will never have a season as hard as this ever again. We're certainly going to have a test on Sunday against the 49ers defense. But before we talk about that and, and that specific matchup, let's lead off with Trey Lance. So many eyes are going to be on this game and are going to be on him because he is a raw and unknown quantity. I mean, he was a raw quarterback coming into the league Shanahan's gone all in on him. The early looks we got were unsurprisingly uh, to the as advertised that he w- was learning fast, but basically out of his depth, but we expected that he would be. There's a whole amount of work he's put in in the off season. The PR machine is in full effect from the 49ers. He's our guy. He's incredible. He's going to be great. What do you think we are likely to see from the 49ers offensively, given the fact it is unlikely that Trey Lance is going to be anything close to the finished article early on in the season. And I look, I will be the first to hold my hands up if he comes out balling 400 yards, and everything else. But I think it's unlikely, right? That he is going to be, composed and able to take on a huge amount early on in the season. He might grow into that. So what does that mean for the rest of the 49ers offense?
0: Um I think I think it's going to get quite conservative a lot of the times. I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of pressure on the ground game mm. to keep things to keep things moving. But obviously he does have weapons. You know, he's got he's got the likes of um Debo Samuel who many 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 quarterbacks would love to have someone like that. But if you're a young
1: quarterback learning on the job. Someone like Debo is absolutely invaluable. And a big tight end as well. I mean, as in a, 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 a elite tight end, because I mean, if you look at Peyton Manning, I mean, he very much is in you know, as an early quarterback lent on, I mean, God, through a lot of his career, but lent on his tight ends. Right. Mm, and so yeah. having Kittle in the mix is, is outside of that obvious playmaking ability, just the types of players there are. It's a great point. Okay. But yeah. what else? So conservative ground game leading. What do you expect to see from Lance this season?
0: I'm expecting to see him using his legs. Um, I'm, I expect that by about halfway through the season, they will be. Like the thing is, we talk about we talk about experience with him. Um, he's only had he's only started three games since 2019. Yeah, so that's obviously not a lot of starts in the last three years, and there are mitigating. Okay mitigating circumstances there. There was a there was a there was a COVID season. There was um there was him being being a rookie. But he's only got 21 combined starts mm-hmm. in his entire career, which is obviously not a lot. But he is known as a clever guy. He can pick up that playbook, even if it's as complicated as the 49ers one can be. He will have been learning so much from Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo for whatever you want to say about him he is a he is a stand up guy right he is always he has always been a really good teammate and he will have been so good for Fields,
1: right? Not Fields, bloody hell, I wish. Um, so, <laughs> so good for Trey yeah, that, Yeah, that is true, apart from when he disappears for 21 days um, and or suggests that Trey Lance heads to the glass slipper for, <laughs> for, for a nightcap. Okay, so that's a fair point. And, and on that, I'm immediately thinking of the whole Alex Smith-Mahomes tandem. So just to conclude the Trey Lance bit, and then we'll talk a bit about 49ers-D, with Mahomes- going to Andy Reid at that stage of Andy Reid's career, it was the perfect fit, right? Everything that Vic, sorry, everything that, well, with Vic, everything that Reid had developed over decades as a coach, Vic, Donovan McNabb before that, building, building, building to this key moment where Mahomes became available and fitted into the, Offensive philosophy as it was developed by that stage. And it was, well, we've seen what it's been over, over the last four or five years, right? That's presumably what Shanahan is looking at here. The reason why Trey Lance, who was a a left field move, let's face it, that it, this is my guy. This is who I want because he is, a, obviously Shanahan has got a serious offensive chops. Is that what we're seeing here? That he said he might not be on the board, the most rounded, uh, versatile, even, complete quarterback, but for what I want to do, he's my guy.
0: Yeah. Now I'm going to, I'm going to pull this back to Nagy and Trubisky. Yeah. Now Nagy inherited Trubisky and kept kind of making it clear in subtle ways that Trubisky was not the quarterback he wanted to be able to to build a team around. If you've got someone who's got a vision for the team and they feel really, really strongly about the quarterback that is drafted in the same way the bears felt very strongly about Mitch Trubisky for whatever reason and did everything they could to get him. At least, you know that the people making the decisions have absolutely bought into Trey Lance. So Mm -hmm. do I think Trey Lance should have come off the board when he came off the board? Mm, Probably not. I don't think he was the second best quarterback available, but he's, he's up there. And if you're that hot on him, as Shanahan was, then if you're if you're a fan of the team, you have to be like, okay, well, do you know what? If that's the guy that the head coach is in love with, then that's what I want. Because he is seeing things in that player that mean that, right, the offense I want to run, he's got exactly all of those, all of those tools. And Trey Lance does have so many, so many tools. Like you if you're a 49ers fan, you will not have seen much game film from him because of the fact he didn't play at the top level of college football. But everything you do see looks fantastic. The problem is you don't know how good the opposition are. We're going to see so much from Trey Lance this season. Now, don't read too much into this first game because I think he could, he could end up lighting it up against a really weak Bears secondary. And all of a sudden, people are talking about Trey Lance as potential MVP. You know, you need to just dampen those expectations. I think he is going to be a star quarterback in this league. You've just got to give him time to breathe.
1: Okay. One more on the 49ers D and we'll get on because we've got a lot of games to get into. The D is obviously packed with ballers, including the return, or they're hoping he's going to be of Javon Kinlaw, who was uh, of course a top pick back in 2020 and then suffered injury early doors. And so essentially they're getting, uh, they hope anyway, a top tier prospect plugged straight in to an already stacked team. So what do you make of the 49ers defense in the context of them as championship contenders? Is it strong enough?
0: I think it is. I think it's something that all 49ers fans should be very encouraged by. Um, obviously there've been there've been coaching changes there, but having someone like like you know Nick Bosa how he didn't how he wasn't an all pro um, last season, I have no idea mm. in terms of how he wasn't picked for it because he looked he looked so good. I think the defense is going to really kind of complement that offense in that they are going to they are gonna not put Trey Lance in a position where he's gotta he's gotta you know score three touchdowns in the in the final quarter. I think I think the 49ers are definitely a Super Bowl contender. I think the defense I am very confident about. I think it is absolutely solid and it's all about, it's all about keeping up that consistency. I think they've got a very consistent defense that will not get, you know, I don't, I don't want to say bend, not break because I don't think they bend that much, but they're not, they just, it's not about, it's not about the home run hitters on that defense. It's just Mm. the fact that defense will wear you out. Mm. Well, Um, that
1: that moves us nicely to Bengals Steelers uh, because we'll also, connect the Trubisky chat as well. Trubisky announces the starting quarterback for the Steelers. For now, anyway, of course, there's a lot of buzz that uh, they uh, might change lanes at some point during the season. Clearly, the Steelers' chances of a postseason berth are predicated on this incredible defense, which is something I've said on the pod a number of times in the offseason. One of the smartest pickups in the offseason has been Brian Flores added to that defensive coaching unit. I think it's genius from Tomlin. It is stacked with depth, quality, playmaking ability. If you look at players like Minka, I love this Steelers defense. Tomlin's never dropped below 500 in his career. I don't think he's going to this season. I think the Steelers will make the playoffs. That is my hot take. Let's maybe talk me down from the ledge here. More Mitch Trubisky is something you maybe never thought you'd see in the NFL, right? I, you know, I, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a terrible quarterback, and I think he is a
0: he's a decent fill-in quarterback in certain situations. Um, you know, let's not forget he did help the Bears to a playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was playing in that Bears team, he had good protection. And I don't see him getting that good protection in Pittsburgh. That offensive line looks to be a mess. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to get a lot of pressure. I think he's going to spend a lot of time with people chasing him around the backfield, which means he will end up making poor decisions. As good as that defense is, I think the offensive line play and what that's going to lead to at quarterback is probably going to keep them out of the playoffs. in well,
1: my the, mind. And the ground game particularly as well, because I think a lot of people are saying this could be a big breakthrough season for Najee Harris. And clearly, the offensive line last season, anyway, struggled with both establishing the ground game and, and pass protection. But I think their Steelers much like the the Pats, and we're going to get onto them. Are going to go properly old school. They're going to be. We are going to run the ball down your gut. We're going to keep you 14 slugfests all season long. Which
0: I love. Which I love to see because I don't. I don't like it when the NFL just seems to have thirty two teams all all running the same game plan i want it to be that you you get these teams that are just airing it out like crazy coming at coming up against the team that's like no do you know what it's 1974 here and you're gonna have to play by our rules because this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna make it and the steelers feel like one of those teams that
1: should be doing things like that super super kind of gritty but I would love that. Just on that, I'd love that. If I don't know, I I need to. A new Madden's coming out. Actually, we're going to be talking about that uh, on one of the shows in forthcoming because the Madden guys got in touch with us and uh, we're going to be doing a bit with them. But so I don't know if the new Madden has this. And maybe you'll tell me, listeners, that one of the older versions of Madden has it. But can you build like an all-time lineup of uh, that's particularly unreconstructed? So you've got like single Terry, Mean Joe Green. <laughs> I would rub the, up the, against the, yeah. oh. Oh, yeah, I would.
0: I would love that. And I used to. I remember um, when I first got heavy into Madden in the in the nineties, and when they first had the like the the sort of the historic teams mm. and playing. So this is you know in the in the early to mid nineties, playing as the eighty five Bears, yeah, up against whoever, and it was it was almost like a almost like a cheat code because yeah. that that defense couldn't be blocked. Yeah. And then in later versions where you could just start putting superstars in from history. Oh yeah. yeah don't get me. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Just a, yeah. a full on old school, super, super smash. But like you said, unreconstructed.
1: Unreconstructed. Tell us about George Pickens, Ben, the rookie wide receiver for the Steelers. Cause there's a lot of buzz about him. Is he going to be one of those players this year that gets close to Jefferson-esque landing and, rocks into the NFL with 1200 yards a stack of touchdowns rookie of the year contention what do you think um like I I liked the pick
0: I'm I didn't expect there to be so much buzz about him at this point of the season he's looked so good in preseason and everyone has gone absolutely crazy for him so he's a you know he's he's tall he's got reliable hands he's got a really good catch radius which he's which he's going to need because if there's a lot of like under pressure throws things are going to be things are going to be going awry um he's to me he's not up there with those kind of elite rookie wide receivers who we've seen just hit the ground running i think he's going to be good i don't think it's, he's he's going to struggle to adjust i don't think he's got that talent level to put himself up there with say 1200 1200 yards but he's someone who's going to grow into a role where like, he's he's great on the outside. You don't want him kind of coming inside. But outside, he's got some speed. Mm. Like I say, he's got those hands. He's going to make big plays. I just would say, I know that a lot of Steelers fans are looking at him like, oh, he's going to be one of the top wide receivers in the league. I would say slow that talk. I think mm. he's going to be really good. But I think the hype is building
1: up a little bit too much right now. Uh, yeah, of course, it depends on who is, uh, who is slinging him. The Rock uh, on the Bengals. Couple of things here. Again, we're back to preseason cliché narratives, Super Bowl hangovers for both teams. Forget about it. I, uh, I don't see that as an issue at all for the Bengals. One of the ones that I do keep hearing? Well, this defense punched above its weight last season. It was lightning in a bottle. They're not going to be able to recreate it now. As listeners will know, propo, big Bengals fan. Propo's not that worried, and let me tell you, having worked with Propo for a number of years, he is far from a glass half full optimist about about the Bengals. Mm. Um, was of course very anti Zach Taylor until Taylor got into the Super Bowl. <laughs> like he's okay with him now, but even then, I'm sure uh, Propo will have concerns there. But defensively, he says it's okay. When we were uh, working on the running order, and yes, I am as surprised as you listeners that there is a running order for this show. Propo was okay with the Bengals' D, wasn't he, Ben? He was saying, and this is the point, everyone's saying, well, they've lost pieces, they're not going to be. As as Propo suggested, Hendrickson, Jesse Bates, two key protagonists in that defense, front and center once again. Daxton Hill, huge amount of buzz about him. And the key point that he made, they relish being underdogs last time around, and they're going to love the fact that everybody's saying, well, that was just a one-season wonder, and you're going to regress. And they're going to step up, aren't they, and, and, and thrive off that.
0: And I think you look at the way the starters played in preseason, and I think they looked really good. Mm. And it's something that we've all paid attention to because it has been it has been this narrative of like, oh, well, there's bound to be a regression. There isn't always a regression. To me, you get a regression when it's a particularly high number of turnovers. And yes, maybe that is going to regress that you can't keep that up. But when it's kind of like, suffocating defense, which they would they would manage in certain games, I think that suggests that there's a lot of really good coaching and the schemes are right. So I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, I'd, I'd said the Bengals could potentially miss the playoffs, but I don't think it's because of the defense. I think it's only because of how good the AFC is. I think the Bengals defense
1: is going to be absolutely fine. Mm. Joseph Asai is a player to look out for. He was a, a fairly high-round pick, missed uh, a season through injury. He's... Uh, all these pieces that it just feels like the same, same story is going to be written that the Bengals, I think they're going to, I disagree with that. I think they're going to be a playoff side. I think they're going to be a dangerous side. I think they're a contender for another Super Bowl run, to be honest. But let's move on to a team that it's less clear cut if they are going to be a playoff team, let alone a a deep water playoff team. The Miami Dolphins, among the most intriguing teams in the NFL right now. Up against the Patriots, their are foes in week one. There is so much being talked about this Miami offense. So to summarize and to frame it, you've got this prototypical 2022 NFL head coach, a young offensive wunderkind who is coming from great heritage, who is promising to put together all kinds of flair with an incredibly all star cast around him, right? Um, and that's the positive. He's established the ground game, brought in some really interesting players there. The a- addition of Tyree Kill alongside Jalen Waddle, and Waddle, of course, played with Tua in college, means they've got amongst the fastest receiving tandem in the NFL. Tua has got a big arm. He's been, by all accounts, fairly constrained not just because of injury, but because of the scheme he's been in, in, in his early stages uh, of a pro career, um, better protection. It could all could all start to go off. That's the positive. It is going to be a freewheeling, jet sweeping, limousine riding, <laughs> Ric Flair style <laughs> offense. The flip side is two is not up for it. It's going to implode quickly uh hill and waddle aren't just going to be given anything more than the odd starry highlight reel kind of play and they're in a conference that is going to be tough to get out of and a division that might surprise him. the jets will be better the bills are preseason favorites for the whole shebang and the patriots probably because they always are will be better than than advertised so which side of the fence are you on ben are you Miami are making the playoffs, they're going to be the great entertainers this season, or yeah, uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm not so sure. But the reason I'm not so sure is that is
0: because of how, how tough I expect the AFC and AFC East to be. I think the Dolphins are going to look better than they did last season. Obviously, they had a super weird, they had a super weird season right. last year with the with the streaks that they had. Um I like most like most people. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be, is going to ball out if he's given the opportunity. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be Tua's best friend there in Miami. I think they're going to make beautiful music together. I think that offense is going to be really exciting. I think that Mike McDaniel is, I think we're going to be talking about him as being one of the best offensive minds in the league pretty soon. Um, they've gone through so much there and we don't know, we don't know how much Tua is going to progress. Uh, you and I, it feels like we've been talking forever about the the fact that people have said he's a bust. He's done. Tua, this is kind of a make or break season for him now. Mm, definitely is. Um, if, you can't, if you can't make it happen with a, with a coach like Mike McDaniel and a wide receiver like Tyreek Hill, then maybe you're not going to be the quarterback that everyone in Miami hoped that you would be. This is a team that I think is is genuinely going places. It's just whether things start to go wrong, because the the franchise seems so dysfunctional. Mm. Um, We don't need to rehash everything that happened with Ross and Flores and Sean Payton and Brady. It's dysfunctional. And with those dysfunctional franchises, things can start to go south. Mm. So if things go badly, it could all start to implode. And that could be the last we see of Tua. I, starter, think, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's. A, I think they're going to have a good season. I think a good season could still be a season where they don't make the playoffs. I think a good season is one where they show they are knocking on the door mm. and showing that next season after that, tour and
1: McDaniel are a force to be reckoned with. So they could be like, uh, and this is obviously fresh in my mind. Last night, Celtic gave it a good go against Real Madrid, uh, played it, show you know, played some Cavalier stuff. In the end, fell short, but they they were spiritual winners and maybe that could be Miami's season. What about the Patriots? Uh, oh god, I mean the Patriots are if we're talking about enigmatic teams, they might be right up there at the very very top. I don't think there is any kind of buzz about them of any of any type. There is a lot of confusion of course and we've talked about this at length on the show so we don't need to drill down particularly into it with uh, Coordinator situation and who's calling the shots and what the hell is Matt Patricia doing in that role in this organization. But every time I look at it and think, and we're talking about attritional football and think, well, yeah, they got Devontae Parker, but they haven't really given Mac a huge amount to play with, and key leaders have left the locker room, and all of these. Negative things, particularly when it's keeping up with the Joneses and so many other teams have progressed and have invested and do have these shiny new stars. It all seems to be looking pretty miserable for New England. But I keep coming back to the Belichick factor. And at what point do we think that that won't be enough anymore? That Belichick, maybe, maybe never, maybe he will continue to surprise us until he walks off into the sunset, but there is a very real chance like we see with a great heavyweight boxer with many great quarterbacks over the years that their the time comes and some people work it out and get out of Dodge on a high and others don't. Is there a danger that's happening with Belichick?
0: I, I don't think so. And here's why. I think that you're correct. There are certain head coaches who just seem to have it and then they don't. Mm. Um, from a Bears' point of view, Mike Ditka. right, who just had the world had the world at his feet, but couldn't evolve. The, you know, if the game was changing, he couldn't he couldn't keep up with it.
1: Ditka would be our coach, by the way. Of that old oh, star, old school team, one
0: hundred percent. He would be
1: Buddy Ryan. Uh, Buddy Ryan is one of his coordinators. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, just so they can be arguing constantly as coaches used to do. Yeah, um, yeah, they they're far too mild mannered now. Um, Bill Belichick. He has always just kept evolving. I think that's why he just never seems to get bored. He just he loves that challenge and keeps evolving. Like like Nick Saban at Alabama, they just keep evolving. That's why they've been so successful. Not just because they... It's not like they had a system and just stuck with that and just did the same thing over and over and over. Belichick will evolve. He will enjoy this challenge. I'm sure he would rather have uh, the best quarterback in NFL history there but he will enjoy the challenge he's got right now. He is such a student of the game and he's so driven and he's not someone who's kind of stuck in his ways and, you know, decides, Oh, well, if, if this isn't working, then the NFL itself must be broken. Mm -hmm. He wants to, he wants to fix things that go, that go wrong. He's, he's not just the greatest of all time. He's, he's the greatest in the NFL until, until the rest of the NFL says otherwise. So right now he is still the best coach.
1: We want to get propo to look up as we're talking the team totals for the Patriots this season uh, in terms of team wins. I think my guess is it's going to be eight. Will be my hunch, but see what propo digs up. See what Vegas is saying because I think I might. I've got to be. I'm Uh-oh. not going to dive in here because I, I, yeah, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm writing a lot of checks I can't cash. I'm gonna definitely percolate on this. That I think the Patriots might be one of those teams that, as I said with Washington, no one's giving them a chance in hell of making the playoffs that might sneak in the back door. But I'm just going to have a think about it. Let's move on to you mentioned the Vikings at the top, Ben, as your uh, your dark horse, I guess, for for glory this season. Yeah. Tough opening test against the Packers. Very strong defensively this season. There's a lot of discussion offensively as to whether it matters that Aaron Rodgers has got a, an Adam-sized hole in his offense and nothing close to his former playmaker in the mix, whether that will actually be speaking of challenges, exactly the kind of situation that Rogers will relish and think, I don't care that I've got a bunch of no names around me. I'm going to show them just how good I am. But will it ultimately matter bringing a few of our threads together when we know it, he is one of the all time greats, if this defense is so damn good, if we're, if we're, pontificating on whether Cousins is good enough with a team that is a has a great D or ex-quarterback is good enough underpinned by a great D. Obviously, Rodgers is, right? So are the Packers contenders in your eyes? Oh, 100%.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that defense is at a level where, like you say, even if the supporting cast isn't there for Rodgers. And the thing is, is, he always makes players look better than they are. Mm. So you know, we'll we'll find out about players who have kind of moved on from the Packers offense mm-hmm. of how, how good they look elsewhere. Because he makes he just he elevates everybody. Now, what I found interesting was that um the other day he was photographed wearing um an Alan Lazard t shirt. So Alan Lazard uh is now considered to be oh he's gonna be Roger's favorite he's my pie. guy. Yeah. Now what it reminded me of is how when, when they're picking a new Pope and they're waiting for like that kind of that plume of smoke to come out um, of the chimney to be like, yes, we, we've, we've picked, we've picked the Pope. And I was working at news international when there was a general election. I can't remember which one it was. And they did this thing where they were going to have some smoke come out of a, come out of a chimney in a particular color to show which, which party the sun was backing, which was, you know, it was quite funny. I think, I think they'd switched popes. Oh, I
1: wonder which color the
0: sun shows. <laughs> um, well, do you know what? I, because of when it was, oh, okay. When it was, okay. I think it might've been red, believe it or not. Ah, okay. But, this is what it reminded me of. Like everyone waiting to like, Oh, we we must, we must get a sign from the almighty Rogers.
1: Who is he going to pass the ball? And to? that was he a subtle sign wearing song, yeah. the t-shirt of like, here's who I will. I'm going to start I doing I that. I'm going to start where I'm going to you know, rock up and I'll just be wearing a Sandrini shirt just to say <laughs> hey, he's part of the crew out. Yeah. He's part of the gang. Like, I, I love that. I love I, that. I mean, I, you know, I've said that when it
0: like, he's a, in terms of like being passive aggressive, he is, an all pro.
1: He is the pro's pro. I was thinking about this, you know, if they, because I think it might have been Simmons, someone was talking about why they have never remade Roadhouse with, with the great Patrick Swayze. And that's maybe why, because uh, there are certain films you shouldn't touch. And although that doesn't stop Hollywood most of the time, but one of the great things about Roadhouse is, and actually, let's see. Propo Gen X versus Gen Z. Propo, have you? I wouldn't expect you to have seen Roadhouse. Have you heard of Roadhouse? Let's find out what what Propo says on that one. The uh, remake of uh, of Roadus, if they did do it, requires somebody that can bring that brilliant Swayze, passive aggressive face. And I reckon Rogers could be in the mix there.
0: Oh, and well, I mean, you know, when he, when he turned up at training camp, never heard of it. (laughs) Never heard of Roadhouse. Unbelievable. (laughs) When he turned up at training camp, um, in like it with the, with the Con Air look, he already, he he already seems set up for those sort of action films. I got to say about Roadhouse as well. Um, I'd I'd watched it when it was new, and then I didn't watch it for a long, long time. And yeah. my wife was like, "This was this was still a while ago," and she was like, "Oh, we got to watch Roadhouse. We got to watch it a particular way mm. because I think she'd heard on a podcast about this thing called, and this is a I don't know if this is still going, mm. but it's something called riff tracks, and you would you would buy and download like an MP3 file for like a pound or two, <laughs> and it was a it was a commentary <laughs> that you would play." as you were watching, you would kind of sync it up. You'd have it like on the computer or whatever. You turn the volume up and you would have this commentary as you were watching the film. And apparently the Roadhouse one was legendary at the time. And I was almost in tears listening to that and watching Roadhouse. It was, it was so funny. I mean, you don't need, you don't need much to just like send Roadhouse kind of like,
1: over the edge, but they yes. did, and it was wonderful. That sounds incredible. Uh, all you gen Z is out there, uh, like Propo, if you haven't heard, let alone seen Roadhouse, just get on it. I Pro- promise oh. you, you will not oh, regret it. Do you, do you know what? I just just while
0: we're on that on that topic, mm. um, and I think Ollie was Ollie was with me. We were we were in we were in the stadium in Dublin and we were I you know that on, that on that Saturday, we went to every corner of that stadium doing all sorts of things. We did. And at one point, we were getting in the lift with some people from Nebraska and Northwestern who were they were clearly doing some sort of work there. Um, and we, we stepped into this room that was completely dark, waiting for this lift to open. And I said, I said to Ollie, like, I don't know what's going on here, but it's given me a great idea. Die hard in a stadium how was this not happened before? Because it felt like there were a lot of like diehard ripoffs yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know, it was like under siege was diehard on a boat yeah, on a and boat. all this sort of stuff. And did he only was, say, I don't know what diehard is. He said he'd never seen it. And then
1: all these, all these <laughs> no. others, all these others, like they were, they were students. They were students yeah. working for the university. Okay. So they were just to put that in context, they were 23, 22. Yeah.
0: They then all started saying. I mean, they were not even included in this conversation, but because Ollie and I are so magnetic with our personalities, well, they sure. wanted to. They sure. wanted to join in. They were then all saying they had never seen Die Hard. Oh my they God! Were, they were there were like eight of us in the lift. I was the only one who had ever seen Die Hard. And I was like, <laughs> what, what, what are they wrong? teaching you at university? What Northwestern's is- one of the top universities in America. How can you have not been shown? Die Hard. I what was hoping education.
1: I was hoping that story was going to end with this uh, elevator full of <laughs> American Goddess shoes just chastising Propo for not, not seeing oh, Diehard. But oh I'm, no, they're, they're Team Propo, is what you're saying. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was, it was horrific. And I'm sure there are a lot of listeners now who are incredibly
0: upset. Some have probably yes. pa- paused to compose themselves <laughs> yeah. and then kind of yeah. just give themselves a minute and come back to it. But imagine I'm surrounded by people there in this. It was perfect. I was there. I'd set up what's going to be the next, the next hit Hollywood film. I imagine.
1: And then none of them had even heard of it, is the, how, it, just, it I, I don't want to spend any more time on it because it's winding me up. Now. It's upsetting. <laughs> so, it's really uh, upsetting. Uh, on to lighter notes. Uh, Propos, redeeming itself a little bit, made me chuckle just now, uh, typing into our group chat. According to Nat, 16 teams in the AFC are going to make, make the playoffs this season. <laughs> <year. laughs> this is true. Minimum. I, this is true. I'm going to revise. Uh, I'm, not, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going in on the Patriots, uh, I don't think. I think I was hasty there. But um, but I'm sticking with what I said earlier. I think Washington could sneak on the inside rail. Uh, Patriots, incidentally, team total, win total, I should say, over under eight and a half this season. Vegas have got it. So I, that might be a well. That's one for Ed Rush, but that Ooh, might be a, worth a look. I think. Let's um. Well, let's get to, through the last couple of games. Two more, uh, including the first of a number of tantalizing AFC West matchups: Charges, Raiders. Week one, lo- I mean, what is the over-under on this going to be? Like 79 points? I mean, it's just going to oh. be... Uh, it's going to be... I'm so excited about the, the West, as I'm sure all of you out there are. Everyone's... Well, most people seem to have the Raiders fourth out of four. Not, not, they can still make the playoffs, of course, fourth out of four. Most people seem to have the Raiders, by and large, bottom of that pile... It's either Raiders or Broncos. Chiefs and Chargers seem to interchange in terms of preseason predictions, the top two. Is that how you see it? Do you see the Chargers and the Chiefs demonstrably stronger than the other two in the grand scheme of things? Or is this, as I see it, I think this is a four-way shootout all season long. I could conceivably see, even including the Raiders, any one of the four teams winning this winning this division. Right. The more the more I think about it, the more I feel that. The Chiefs and Chargers will come out
0: of this division in the playoffs. Um, but it is it is still I, I I still cannot get a full sense of it. Any of these teams can be in the playoffs and do well in the playoffs. Not just sneak in, but do well in the playoffs. I can see any any one of these four teams winning that division and you can't often say that unless yeah. when you look at one of those divisions and you're like oh all these teams are bad we've often had that with the nfc east and be like oh well someone's got to win it it could be anyone that's not the case for this this is the most loaded and exciting division in football and i don't remember one even being as as close to that title as this one is any of them could do it i think the chiefs and the charges are the favorites but if the like the Raiders and Broncos put in other divisions, they would win it and be the favourites. Yeah. I, I'd put the I'd put the Chiefs at number one in that division. But like legitimately the Chiefs could finish fourth, but still look good mm. because the other teams in that division are so wildly exciting. I, I I can't wait for it. I mean, it's perfect the way this one
1: sets up. Um we talked the, about the McDaniel Dolphins offense, I am super excited to see what McDaniels does here. Everyone's weighing in. Well, the line's not going to be able to uh, help him achieve his vision. And maybe that's fair. Maybe that is the weak link for for the Raiders. But Jacobs, Baller, Waller, Baller, Adams, Carr, as we talked about a gazillion times on the show, the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. The defense is stacked. I mean, it surprises me that people are looking at the Raiders as – to the most part as, as, as the, as the outsiders for this division, the charges I get, I mean, incredible, uh, incredible postseason season uh, and looking at that roster, if we're looking on paper, huge amount of depth, I still think there are potential questions. Well, I guess there are questions to be asked about McDaniels as a head coach, but I'm not sure. I mean, out of the, out of the four coaches, if we're looking at a, uh, a, uh, Hot take coaching head to head. Yeah. What is your what's your power ranking there? Is it Reed just because of everything? Yes. So it's Reed. Mm.
0: And then it, and then, and then it's, it's really t- then it's ticking, super right? tight. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, Reed has just got that track
1: record. Um, and and I'll always back that. Even bearing in mind what we said earlier about well, at some point most coaches will jump the shark. I'll always particularly in the postseason, always back. The veteran quarterback who's seen been there done it. The veteran head coach who's been there done it. And so for that, and I would count Mahomes as a bit of an outlier in that. Oh, I guess he's a veteran now, but he's seen enough. But he's seen enough yeah. of that action, you know, to to be in that mix. I yeah, I, I like the Chiefs. I mean, I like the Chiefs for the deep run this season. But yeah, the other three coaches, yeah, that's a pickem. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I, you know, someone someone's going to finish bottom of that division, and it's going to be a disaster. Because of that, not because of the fact that they will have played really badly, but just because finishing fourth is a disaster. If you've got legitimate playoff hopes as all four of these do, I think, I think the Chargers Raiders game is going to be, is going to be decided by the defensive lines. Mm. So, you know, they've, they've both, they've both teams have got some elite pass rushes and that's going to, that's going to have to be the key. Force the quarterbacks to make mistakes. I know you I know you love Carr. He's no Justin Herbert. But the likes of Crosby and Jones, yeah. Bosa and Mack on the other side, I think that's what tip the, tips the scales. Whichever one of those lines has the best game probably wins the
1: game. I'm taking the Raiders for a shock upset pick there. All right. Final game, Bucks-Cowboys. We touched a bit on the Bucks. I think, suffice to say, injury issues, of course, as well. Godwin, uh, Russell Gage, going to be game time decisions. The Brady situation, ridiculously overhyped. I mean, if there's one player in the history of world sports that it doesn't matter, has missed a couple of weeks of pre- preseason, Tom Brady. Uh, and will, it's incidentally, whatever he's dealing with in his personal life will be strictly business. It's Tom Brady. So please stop that. As I and Mike would say, the mouth clowns and that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, the Bucs are going to be fine. Much as I'm big on the Saints, I still feel the Bucks will win the division. Uh, I think the Saints are a playoff team from that division. What about the Cowboys? Coming full circle, re- our recurring theme of enigmatic teams we can't quite work out. A lot of people seem to be down on the Eagles of the buzz team in the NFC East. The Cowboys, you know, Mari's gone. It's all on CD now. And yes, there are clear playmakers and big name talent. McCarthy, everybody's. I mean, it's, it seems to be a Sean Payton's for the taking, right? Uh, so where are you? The Cowboys are a playoff team oh man i like that's your answer right there's your answer. that's exactly that is
0: that is is, is how we all feel about the cowboys it seems you know and the nine and eight i'm calling it now cowboys are nine and eight
1: and missing the playoffs
0: like i don't know what we're gonna get out of zeke Elliott, who i absolutely love um i'm i'm worried that he's not as durable as he needs to be um You've got Tyron Smith, the, the left tackle who's gonna miss probably the entire season. Yeah. Um, that's that's a big loss. Um, you know, we know that we know that we've seen we've seen what Dak can do and we've seen what he can do in difficult situations. So he's always reliable. But I just don't know, man. I just like this is a team that I cannot get fully excited about, considering they were like what, 12 and 5 last year, won the division. I don't think there's a team that won a division championship who everyone is so just kind of like yeah
1: about. It's a bit um, like the, I suppose it's elements, and it's not the same, but elements of that a Packers side that went fourteen and two, and it was just kind of everyone was a bit uh, they're just not they're never convinced, right? And yeah, the, true. Cowboys don't con- then it's not convincing. I don't feel that they are rounded enough. No, and I, I I feel part of it actually is
0: you know we've 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 talked about kind of very experienced head coaches on this on this show. Mike McCarthy is mm. someone who just I trust the guy in the regular season. But mm. when you get to the postseason, you feel like you've really got to outcoach some guys. And I don't
1: know how often he outcoaches people, basically. Sorry, yeah. Cowboys fans. Ooh, watch the Cowboys roll to 13 and 4 and <laughs> yeah. go all the way. Um Cowboys fans, feel free to clip this up. Um and fire it to us repeatedly uh, throughout the season. Right. There's our week one preview done. Ben Isaacs, we covered a lot of ground and got some good nonsense chat in there as well. So I think it's fine work all around at tweets from Ben is how you follow the big man on Twitter. Make sure you do that. We'll add the handles in the show notes. Like I said, a bit earlier on go and join our listener league. The link will be in there and get involved playing again. Some of your show faves, lots of listeners, Weekly prizes every week, courtesy of DraftKings, including the week four comp is going to be tickets to Broncos, Jags, uh, hospitality tickets to boot as well. So you've got to be in the league to play that and it'll be winner takes all. Whoever gets the highest point score in week four wins those tickets. If uh, that is a tie, we will have a tiebreaker, of course. As I mentioned earlier, two FFS dropping soon, Ed Rush drop dropping soon, all before the weekend. Final prediction, Ben. As we're recording this Wednesday, this is dro- uh, Wednesday. This is dropping Wednesday. Prediction for the season opener.
0: Oh man, um, my prediction is is that it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Hot take. Um, and my prediction is the Bills by three. Ooh, I wow. think it's going to be a squeaker and the potential a squeaker, potential Super Bowl preview. Wow. Um, I don't know if I'm as high on the Rams as uh, as most other people, but I'm certainly as high on the Bills as everyone else is.
1: Mm, there you go. We'll see if that aged well or not uh, in due course. Brilliant stuff, Ben. Uh, of course, Ben, a part of our All-Pro lineup, absolutely count on the fact he is going to be rolling through the season with us, as are you. Big shout out to all our new listeners as well. Great to have you on board. Hope you're as excited as us for the start of the season. We'll check in soon. Okay. Hey team, Prop O here, just reminding you to check out EdgeRush. Every week throughout the season,
0: Nat and I bring you a degenerate breakdown of the week's action, giving you the Sharps perspective. We go head-to-head with our Drew Locks of the week. I give a couple of prop bets. Even if you don't like a flutter, we focus on key matchups, identify breakout players, and if we miss a game in the previous show, I guarantee we cover it. Make sure you check out Edge Rush with me, Ollie Thornton, and the guy who is so modest, he names the show after himself, Nat Coombs.